Welcome back. Stewie Clark coming up shortly. Now in the text line here, Craig the Truckee. Morning, boys. Hero and villain. Hero, test cricket in general. Two upset wins yesterday just proved that it's truly that it truly is the best form of the game without any doubt. Here, here, villain keyboard warriors riding off some of our Aussie cricketers. Very harsh. Some people have short memories. Mm. They have won just about everything over the past twelve to eighteen months. Full credit to the West Indies, says Craig the Truckee. Um, more here. Uh, the one I was going to read to our boss. G'day, fellas. I put a lazy $10 on the West Indies to win yesterday at $11.50. So my hero of the week is Shamar Joseph. My villain's obviously the Aussie cricket team who continue their woeful trend of failing to chase down modest fourth innings totals. Moa Dan from Gordonvale in Queensland sending that one through. Uh, Jake from Canberra, thanks for the kind words. My heroes, the West Indies, what a performance by them. We'll always cheer and support Australia, but how good was that? Bravo, Windies. My villain is Steve Smith, just retired already. He's had another poor summer. Uh, Jake wow. from Canberra, carried his bat yesterday, nearly won us the game. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's early days into this, Clarkie, into this, you know, obviously this change post the David Warner retirement. And well, I don't, I don't understand but, that message. How can Smitty hasn't had, hasn't been the worst summer. He hasn't averaged fifteen. Like Marnus's summer has been worse than Smitty's. Well, that's and there's been texts on that. There's been texts um, which I can't see in front of me at the moment. But earlier this morning, Marnus, who's obviously just going through a trot, isn't yeah, he? It's getting everyone, prolonged though now. But everyone has them, as right. you know. And, and well, Virat, remember Virat Kohli went two years, two years without a Test hundred. Yeah, exactly right. And you know. We still sit here and praise Virat. Mm. There's not too many batsmen, top order batsmen, that have very good careers that don't go through a rough patch. Mm. You know, I was watching. I watched. Um, I must have showed. I must have showed about three or four dismissals of Marnus's through the summer. Um, and the only thing I can really see technically is he's probably just squaring up a little bit in defence. So front foot or back foot, his back shoulder, his right shoulder, so he's a right-handed batsman, his right shoulder is just coming around a little bit more than it probably does when he's at his best. So he normally stays quite side on, lets the ball come and defends the ball very close to himself. He doesn't push too far out on the front foot. And on the back foot when he's at his best, the ball he blocks generally blocks and trickles out to point at the moment because that back shoulder's coming around, that right leg's just squaring up a little bit as well. He's a bit front on. Instead of him blocking it to point because he's out in front of himself, if it moves at all, he's nicking it to, you know, generally a third slip or a gully area. But, man, tell me someone that hasn't got a flaw in their game or an area that teams over time combat or hit, you know, so, but he'll work it out. He's too good a player. Again, Steve Smith opening the batting, I think he's just showed uh, when he walked out to bat in the second innings, it was probably the hardest time. Pink ball under lights, and he got off to a good start, 30-odd not out, and and, uh, and then come back and, and batted really well yesterday. So I don't think anyone can be too critical. He's had two test matches opening. Um yeah, you can't sit here and say Steve Smith's too old or he's lost it or, mate, he's still the best batsman in that team. Um, you know, Kawaja's had a stellar year and, uh, you know, he missed out as well. Like, it just, it, it comes it comes and goes. Uh, Travis Head got 100 in Adelaide, beautiful 100, and then got... Good di- King two, Pear. Two, yeah, King Pear, oh. two golden ducks. So, so you don't see that often, do you? I, I, I just think it's, yeah, it's, it's the game and, and that's what we say. Sometimes when... 
um, you know, you're in it around that group and somebody's playing well, you just tell them to keep their feet on the ground. And it's the same when you're not playing as well as you like. Don't get too caught up in it. Don't look too closely. Like, if you've been able to make it to that level and have success, then you're a good enough player. Just that's that's sport. That's cricket. That's the ups and downs. So trying to stay balanced and, um, yeah, you keep working on your game, whether you're making hundreds or making ducks, and these players are no different. Marnus Labuschagne's no different. Steve Smith's, Steve Smith's no different. But, yeah, I, I think you'd be, you'd be silly to certainly write those two off. Uh, Adrian at Rouse Hill says, yesterday's astonishing defeat of the world champion Aussie cricket side ranks alongside the greatest upsets in sporting history such as Australia coming back from the brink to win the America's Cup and Buster Douglas's stunning knockout of Mike Tyson. But what the Windies' victory illustrated was how weak the standard of Test cricket has become. Australia, at best, would get three players into the GOAT Test side. Uh, 1980s West Indies, says Adrian at Rouse Hill. Uh, to break it all down, what we saw yesterday, Stewie Clark joining us. Stu, good morning, mate. How are you? Morning, boys. Oh, just listening to all of that, I, everyone's a bit in shock, aren't they, after the West Indies. We were talking about it, I think, on Thursday. We were worried the game was going to go for two days and how much would Australia win by and all the rest of it. But, uh, yeah, that didn't happen. Probably goes to show how important having good bowlers or good fast bowlers are in your team. And Australia have been lucky for a period of time now with Stark, Hazelwood and Cummins and McGrath and Gillespie and Lee and, and co., um, and forget about the spinners, like let's put that to a side. But you know, two really good quicks for the West Indies, one in particular, and you know they win the Test match. They bowl Australia out. What's he do well as a fast bowler, Stewie Shamar Joseph? Uh, I think he's probably got a cut. Not many people have seen him, so that that sort of plays in his favour a little bit. He genuinely bowls fast. I think that's mm. something that's probably underrated. I I was watching a bit in Adelaide from side on, um, and I was a bit like, "Oh, hang on, that's a bit quicker than I than I realised watching from behind." Uh, and I think he just he, he actually bowls a really nice length, and because he's not a big guy, he gets the ball, he, he gets it up and full, and he he gets good. Um, how do I describe this so people understand? But he gets good rotation or good good. Um, it, it comes out of his hand with a really nice flick, which means he's got good zip off the wicket. And that's what's doing batters. They're, they're late on it the whole time or he's getting the ball to seam. And um, It was a bit like McGrath, and, and not to compare because they're very different, but Glenn through the air wasn't quick. Like it was, you know, it was 130. But because he had so much flick with his wrist off it, it really zipped off the wicket. And guys and players used to get caught just on the crease and they'd nick him. And he's got that about him. Yeah, well, again, we talk about it as a playing group as well, Stewie, when we played. You know, that 150 mark is, it's a lot different. That 10Ks from 140 to 150 <laughs> is significant. It's a, it's a massive change, and it's hard to train that speed as well. And it, we've had a lot of messages just around uh, Smitty backing the tail yesterday. What was your take on that? And do you think, because Joseph was doing the, the, the batters and the tail with speed, could Smitty have maybe taken all six balls from that end and, and allowed the tail to face um, the other end? Oh, yeah, look, he could have. Um, you've seen that over the years. That's worse. Steve Waugh used to back the tail and was held a hero for it. Yeah. Um, oh, but I, I, there's no real right answer to that. If he takes the tail, the boat gets out at the other end, people will be turning around sitting there and said, oh, he should have taken the run when it was on offer. Um, look, Smitty made 91 out of 
whatever, you know, 200 and batted beautifully. I think the way the Australian cricket team play and the way they've played for a long period of time now is you back, everyone backs themselves to get the runs and there's no more hiding, if you know what I mean, and covering the tail. Maybe he could have chased a couple of balls, but, you know, Steve Smith's out in the middle. He makes that decision along with the other batter and they go from there. I, yeah, there's no right answer. He did what he thought was right and it didn't pay off. Seismic result, though, of course, Stu. So how do we leverage this for the good of the game? And I'm, I'm talking test cricket, and I guess the, well, I guess we've got to call them the lesser nations now when it comes to the five-day format, as the West Indies have become. So how do we leverage this to improve things going forward? Well, the first thing we've got to do is make sure that these guys, Shamar Joseph, stays in test cricket. Um, and talking to a few of the West Indian guys over the summer, um, that means paying them properly because... Look at Shamar Joseph. He will get offered money to play in a lot of T20 cricket now around the world. Um, and if the West Indian Cricket Board can't match that or can't even get close to that, you can't blame the kid for not wanting to earn a living because he's come from you know absolute poverty. Um, so the, the the way we've got to leverage it, we've got to find ways to keep these guys, and whether it be the West Indies or the lesser nations, getting paid properly. Um, and, and look, I've heard all sorts of stuff about, you know, yeah, you know, the boards opening up their books and nothing about that. It's well, what's the game worth? And some of the bigger nations, Australia, India in particular, and England, trying to assist. I think that's the only way you keep these guys because in four years' time or five years' time, you'd love to see this West Indian team or this eleven or the the most of these guys come back and play in four years. What we don't want to see is when they come back again, just have another bunch of thirteen new players because you're not going to keep unearthing Shamar Josephs. They're not going to come around all the time. Mm-hmm. got to keep them in the game. So um, it's not an easy question to, to answer, but you know, I, I think the scary part is he's going to get offered a lot of money to play in T20 tournaments around the world. Yep. What was your take on the two, uh, the two real main changes throughout the summer? Smith going to Opa, opening after David Warner's retirement, and also Cameron Green. What did you make of him batting at number four? Well, at one point there, I thought they were going to get us home watching the game yesterday. Uh, the Smith thing, oh, look, he got 91 not out, didn't he? I, I don't know if you can say anything. He's, he's averaged over 50 in the series against the West Indies, so that's all on the back of one innings and a couple of not outs. Um, so, you know, so Smithy will keep batting on. I have no issue with it. If he wants to do it and he thinks he's capable of doing it, and he showed he is, and he batted on, I heard you talking before, in the toughest conditions possible, under lights, pink ball, and did it far easier than anyone else did it so um, that's an easy one I suppose the green experiment well, I don't want to call it, the green situation is, it, it probably showed up in this test match that the frailties of our batting when you're going to play in this manner and it's a very attacking batting lineup. there's no question about that with the exception of Smith and Labuschagne that um, I suppose um, you know, I suppose um, Kawaja doesn't particularly but that middle order that's all you know, they take the game on and it's going to come off a few times and it's not going to come off. It hasn't come off in this test match. Uh, they'll persist with it in New Zealand. I don't think they'll change Green from what he's doing at the moment. They see him as the long-term player. I'd be interested to get your take, Pup. Does he technically have the ability to bat in the top four? He looks like he does to me. Um, he just needs a bit of confidence and a bit of success doing it, I think. Yeah, I think technically he's, he's very sound, especially against the quicks. He got a pretty good ball yesterday, 
took off a little bit and seemed mm. back, clipped his elbow onto the stumps. But yeah, I think it's it's a big ask for a young player to, to bat at number four. I think that's been a major position for for Australia over the years. And uh, normally, an ex- like oh, again, can he do it? Yes, he can. Uh, does he deserve a crack? Yes, he does. And will it take a bit of time? Of course it will. But I, when they made the decision to pick Cameron Green in their top six, I thought they might have actually went put everybody up. So Travis said yeah. he was in form and having a crack a year. Maybe he goes to four, Mitch Marsh goes to five and the young Cameron Green starts at six. So they yeah. must, the, the camp and the selectors must see that Cameron Green has the skill, the temperament and the technique to, to own that, that top four batting position. So yeah, I, I, I just think we're going to allow him time as well. There's a lot of expectation on him. You know, we've heard, people come out and say he's one of the most gifted players to play for Australia. That word potential scares me. Um, <laughs> you know, you're not playing for Australia without potential. So, yeah, uh, and putting the Jack Callis tag on him so early is a big call as well. But, you know, <laughs> I, I think he's, I think it, it, it looks like he wants to do it. And I think we've got to allow him some time. This from yeah, I agree. I agree with it. This from, he's, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I think that will be the change that gets that happens. I don't think they're going to drop Cameron Green, but I think if it doesn't work, I think they'll do what Pup said and drop him down to six and move everyone up one. I think that's what will happen over time if it doesn't work out, but it isn't going to change for the New Zealand series, that's for sure. I just wanted to point out Steve from Foster on the text line. Uh, hey, lads, Cam Green is not a four. You can't have him and Marsh in the same team, so Paddy's best mate has to go. For all those arguing how good his form is, at the end of the day, he averages 30. Not good enough. We need an opener, not because of Smith, but because of everyone in the middle order can't cope without Smith at four. That's Steve from Foster's Well, opinion. look... The time where I think the question mark about Steve Smith opening or batting four, in my opinion, it will only come when we play in the subcontinent. And, mm. and the reason for that is because Steve Smith is the best player of spin that we have. So playing in the subcontinent, the hardest place to bat is the middle order because you generally start your innings against spin. That's where I think the question mark's going to come. If you've got uh, Labashane, Green, Head and Mitchell Marsh, those four guys can play spin, but generally they're better once they're in, once they've got 20 or 30 under their belt. In mm. the subcontinent, Steve Smith can start against spin. He's good with his feet. He plays, he's got great hands. He generally plays with the spin. He lets the ball come a lot more. He's got softer hands than those guys. So I think that is a fair point when we get to the subcontinent. But I think with what we've got, and we've only really got, New Zealand's, I think, our, our, we've got a yeah. couple of test matches against them. So I think, you know, generally over there, you're going to start your innings at number four facing the quicks, not facing a spinner. It's playing spin over there is a lot easier than playing in the subcontinent. So I don't think we'll see enough of it until we really are challenged in those. And you might get those conditions in, you know, Sri Lanka, not just India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, anywhere over there. I think there might be a, that might be a talking point. Well, I was weirdly supporting England last night. I don't know what's wrong with me against <laughs> India. Were you really? I just in the in the watching that Test match and mm. the way it unfolded, mm. I, I thought it was would be a miraculous victory, and yeah, they true. got there. True. Uh, what did you make of it, Stewie? As they won by twenty eight runs after trailing by one hundred and ninety on the first innings in Hyderabad. It was absolutely captivating watching that game. And look, the wicket's spinning, and it's hard to bat, but. Probably goes to show the importance of Eric Coley in that team. Him not playing at the moment, um, 
Sharma didn't. But the England bowlers, like, they were belted all over the park in the first innings. Um, unbelievable innings from Ollie Pope playing, um, you know, reverse sweeping and sweeping and playing all these, you know, playing modern-day test match cricket. But their bowlers, they got it in the right spot. And the Indians, you know, usually they're just the best at dealing with the pressure in the subcontinent. They absolutely crumbled um, and played some very, very indifferent type shots. England have come with a, a plan or a method. No surprise, Brendan McCullum's in charge and we saw Basball, but whatever you want to call this... Um, it was really, really captivating cricket. And after the test match and the, you know, the Australian one finished, you sort of flicked over and it, something could have happened to any ball the way it was going. And uh, well done to England. I, I'm a bit like you. I was. I don't think I was cheering for England, I'll be honest with you. I don't know about you, Jerry. It sounds ridiculous. Well, I know. I, <laughs> it sounded weird but, when I said it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but there was a part of me that thought... Don't mind in you getting beaten in India. I don't think that's you a went bad for thing, the upset. You yeah. didn't go for the team. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> certainly wasn't. Certainly wasn't. I certainly didn't have the three lines I had yeah, on my no, head. No, no, you know, that, that's dancing around the lounge. That's room. what I meant. Yeah. How Clarky put it, yeah. it's what I meant. I <laughs> uh, think so uh, much, yeah. Stewie. You uh, no, how's by the way? How's the hamstring these days in 2024? It... No, it's good. I'm good. I'm I'm thinking about. There's a couple of games to go. I might be ready for just the final game of the year. One last crack. What do you reckon? Yeah, do it. Only if you skip up, you can have a slip the whole game. Yeah. Bat I, I four and not bowl. Mate, mate, bat four, please. Bat when the spinners are on. That's the only time I bat. And Sledge is the 19-year-old batter when he hasn't yeah, had a try go not either. To get into a fight, sledging the youngsters. Which oh, are... mate, that's the biggest problem I have with the whole thing. So, anyway. <laughs> Leave it to it. Go on, you boys. Howdy, mate. How are you, Steve? How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Who have you got for us? Hero and villain. Mate, I'm the hero. There's a horse down here called Dubai Moon. Trained at Packenham. So on Friday, it went 140k up to Hanging Rock, won a rating 52, 2400. Took it home that night. Then on Saturday, it backed up after an 80k float ride um, out to Moe and won another 2400. Two in two days. We don't see that often these days. Yep, you're no. right. You are right. It went on a heavy eight and a benchmark 52 at Hanging Rock, like you said, on Australia Day. One at Maui the next day, 2,400 again. Okay, yeah, yeah I, I did not know about that. Trained by Frankie Stockdale there at Pakenham. Outstanding stuff. Fair effort. Yeah, yeah. It is. And Villain has to be Channel 7. There's 29 runs or two wickets to go at 6 o'clock and they do a channel change. Ridiculous. Oh, when they have to go to the news and all that sort of yep. stuff. Yeah, ridiculous. Why, like, the only thing that was advertised for that night was cricket. So why, like, it didn't matter. Yeah, I, I get the frustration there. I, I get the frustration there because a lot of people um, want to watch its entirety and they want to see it on the main channel. Um, but I think we've pointed out before, because they pay such huge money for the for the cricket rights and the news is one of their best rating programs, they've got to make a decision and the decision is to go with the news. Mm. And I don't think that's... Um, Changed from Channel Nine when they had it either, has it? I think Channel I think Nine it was it was only it. on the very very rarely yeah. rare occasion that they postponed the news. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it is a frustration because I get frustrated by it. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm watching Fox. Yeah. But in the past, it used to frustrate. Well, I went me a lot. for Fox over Seven because I can't remember who somebody called or message earlier this morning. The Fox stays on. The whole time, even yeah. during the overbreak, Fox stays on, so you don't miss. Sometimes on seven, you can miss the first 
one or two balls in the over. Certainly yesterday, it was one of those test matches and situations. You didn't want to miss one ball. So Fox, you knew, they're still commentating during the over break. So you're not going to miss a delivery. So that's why I went with Fox yesterday for that reason as well. But again, yeah, as you mentioned earlier, Mido, it's it's all about money. All the ad breaks, they, uh, it's all the advertisement that pays for. What do they pay for the rights? Oh, I can't remember. Lots. There's a lot of money. So that's how they get it back. Good on you, Steve. Appreciate the call. Um, hey, Mido, let's get serious about this cricket test result. The full strength world champions have been beaten by a weak and windy side, now considered by some as minnows and ranked eighth in the world. Will the full-strength Australian Rugby League side ever be beaten by a weakened French side? The answer is no, says the Bomaderry Eagle. Yep, it was. The Bomaderry's been aggressive this morning. He's been, <laughs> you just need, I think you need some breakfast, Bomaderry. Heroes and villains on a Monday, so give us a call. 1353-53-0419-767-272 on the text line. And uh, we've got the $100 gift card to give away for the best contribution this morning. Just some results and overnight in the FA Cup uh, over in the UK, this was fourth round action. And uh, we had Mossy on earlier this morning. For anyone who missed the interviews, you can catch up. Uh, just search for Big Sports Breakfast wherever you get, you get your podcasts. But uh, in some results overnight, uh, there was crowd trouble in the Black Country Derby between West Brom and Wolves, which uh, Wolves won at the Hawthorns 2-0. And uh, I believe the match had to be postponed for some 38 minutes as well. So some unsavoury scenes in the crowd there for that cup tie. Uh, in other fourth-round matches, Manchester United were given a bit of a scare by Newport County, who are currently 16th in League 2. Eventually, United won 4-2. Liverpool at home beat Norwich 5-2. And Watford and Southampton will need a replay after their match finished 1-1. In the A-League yesterday, MacArthur and Perth Glory... Uh, finished 2-2 at Campbelltown. And the Socceroos, they beat Indonesia 4-0 in the last 16 at the Asian Cup in Qatar. So they're sitting up a quarterfinal against either Saudi Arabia or South Korea. That's a very tough quarterfinal for them. And uh, those two nations meet early Wednesday morning to determine who the Socceroos, Graham Arnold's side, will play in the final eight. Uh, In the World Sevens event in Perth last night, as it came to a culmination. It was a great tournament for the Australian men's and women's sides. Both got through to the cup final. Both, unfortunately, were beaten. The women's uh, lost to Ireland 19-14. Argentina beating the Aussie men 31-5 in the final there in Perth. Uh, Just some rugby league news yesterday, just before we take some calls, Loz. The Cowboys made a change. Todd Payton, he's shaken up the leadership there in North Queensland. Reuben Cotter and Tom Dearden are the new co-captains and they'll be replacing Jason Taumalolo and Chad Townsend. The Cowboys coach saying it's not a reflection on their leadership, Taumalolo and Townsend, just that the club has made a long-term decision. So they're looking to the future. I think the Taumalolo part's an interesting one though, Loz, because he's still only 31 years of age. He's six years into that 10-year, $10 million deal. He's still got four years left. Is this a bit of... I don't know, maybe, I don't want to say he's on notice, but maybe Todd Payton might be looking, say, the bird, take the burden of captaincy off him. Um, it might actually help his game. Well, I, I think you're, you're 100% correct. Mm. I, I think that's the reason why he's doing it. Mm. I, I don't think it's anything to do with his leadership as, 
leadership as such. I, I think it's more to do with the fact that they want him to be playing his best football. They've still got four years of his contract, big money contract, still to go. Um, if he's not playing well, um, then that's it. The detriment to the Cowboys. So they need to get the best out in Jason Taumalolo. They need him to worry about his body, get his body right. I know he had a knee knee issue there last year. Um, He's been limited to the amount of games he's played, uh, then was limited to the amount of minutes he played. And I think you could roll that up into a package. The fact that knee injury um, contributed to less minutes on the park. At his best, there's no more destructive runner or a forward in the game. But can he recapture the form that he showed from a couple of years ago? So it's going to be a big year for him. Now, if he comes back fit, fresh, over his injuries, there's no doubt that he could lead this Cowboys team as a player, not as a captain. He How doesn't does he need take to it, have though, the captain. Was? Because we felt, well, there was a bit of a perception a couple of years ago, there was a bit of beef between him and Toddy Payton. Yeah, that was a big because of the amount of minutes that he yeah. was playing. Because he was used to playing but such a long period of time. does he take offence to this, or does he take it the right way and say, you know, I what's probably going to help my well, game? Well, it's probably how your coach sells the message to yeah, you okay. as well. And you want to make sure that it just doesn't come as a surprise, I would think. Mm. If you're a leader, and like in any good organisation, you always take the player or the person along with you on the ride. Mm. So every step of the way... If I have to tap you on the shoulder and say, mate, you're out this week, you actually understand that this could have been a possibility of happening. Whereas if I drop you and you've got no inkling, then there's a breakdown in communication. There's a breakdown in the system. So you've got to make sure that everyone knows where they stand. And I'm assuming that that's what's happened here with an exit meeting last year. Todd might have said to Jason Taumalolo, listen, we need you for the next four years. We've got to make sure your body is is right. How best can we get you on the field? And how best can we get you to stay on the field and contribute a lot better than what you did this year? These are some of the things I'm considering. Mm. I'm going to go away and have a think about it and then I'm going to come back. I'll sit down and have a discussion with you about whether the leadership is part of your brief going forward or we just want you to concentrate on your football and we'll start to give the leadership role to other people that we've been grooming. And when you look at Reuben Cotter, um, and I don't know much about Tom Dearden, but everything you gather and all the information you glean from Tom Dearden is he's the same as Reuben Cotter. They're fastidious in how they go about their preparation. They do everything they can to be as well prepared to go into to play a game of football one week after the other. Nothing changes. They train hard. They prepare well. They're good leaders, um, and they're just trying to release, I would think, um, and, and take away some of that pressure from the senior players. Chad Townsend last year was off a bit as well. You know, while he was such a good leader for them the previous season, I thought his game suffered a bit last year. So you've got to have leaders coming through, and I reckon one of the reasons why they've decided to take it away from those experienced guys was one to give the younger guys an opportunity to captain the club but also try and release the pressure on those experienced players to have them focused on their own game Mm. Uh, just a score update from the AFC Championship game at halftime. Kansas City 17-7 over Baltimore oh gee that bet's not looking good Uh, David morning how are you gentlemen good morning and happy new year to you you all and you too mate have you got a hero and villain for us (laughs) 
on the weekends racing, you know, it's, it's CJ, I can't remember her surname, CJ, someone up on the sunny coast on Saturday, had three fantastic wins and two placings. Um, some of the, the young apprentices or, or apprentices, but also now full-time um, female jockeys is, geez, it's apparent. And, and the guts and determination that they're showing up, when we talk about a, you know, the, the male versus female, which is always going to be joked about lightheartedly, but give congratulations to it is. But there was also another young lass that had her first uh, provincial and Saturday race meet. She had one race and got up with Chris Muntz as well. So the hero goes to them two lasses up there. Yeah. No, well, well secondly, yep. secondly, you and I are Liverpool supporters, and yes, the, the greatest coach there is is now leaving. Um, but I'm, I'm putting a, a big dunce against Luton by not scoring six against Everton. I know they won 2 1, but they could have pulverised them just to make us feel a little bit better after Jurgen's announcement. <laughs> nothing, nothing means more than seeing Everton get pummeled and going back to the Coca Cola division. I would have loved to have seen Newport County just uh, somehow get ahead of Man U last night after they got well, back to 2 2. But uh, we can't oh, have it all. We can't have it all, David. No, we can, and we want to, <laughs> especially when it comes to Everton. <laughs> Great stuff. Mate, good, good noms. Appreciate your call. Now, I believe our next caller is none other than uh, the great fat cat, Greg Ritchie. Uh, Greg, very good morning to you, mate. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, good to be with you. How are you, cat? Any better and I'd be twins, mate. <laughs> That's the only way to describe things. <laughs> uh, happy New Year to you all. Yes, I'm, on the, uh, I'm on the road uh, driving back to the Gold Coast. Uh, I did a wonderful afternoon yesterday afternoon at uh, South Maroubra's Surf Lifesaving Club oh, where um, the new State of Origin coach, sorry, Loz uh, Madge, was present. Good and, man. Uh, yeah, a good man. And and um, the young fella now, I can't think of his name, who's come from Canberra to play from South Sydney. Jack Whiten. He, Jackie Whiten was there. So I was surrounded by bloody uh, blue baggers, cockroaches, uh, rugby league players. Um, did you feel but, smarter? Uh, yeah, oh, I did. <laughs> so I had a great afternoon. But uh, unfortunately, the weather was a bit stormy for me to fly at the present time. So I'm driving. Yeah. You still haven't got over that fear, Cat? No, mate, no. I'm, uh, I don't fly. Uh, we've had bad thunderstorms at the Gold Coast again for the last couple yeah. of days. So, uh, yeah, better for me to be in the car. I'm enjoying listening to the radio, non-stressed. And just, I was, I've really enjoyed listening to the show this morning. Um, that was great comments. Um, that Brownie made, uh, not, yeah, I can't think of his name. Uh, he's the chief. That's terrible. Excuse me. Um, about the cricket. What a performance by that young West Indies bowler yesterday, um, Joseph, 7 for 63. Um, he, he'd be my hero for the weekend. I thought that was fantastic um, by him. Uh, and the villain would be all those Muppets in Cricket Australia who have concentrated too much on telling us we need to uh, be aware of everyone's feelings and not call it Australia Day. I think they should concentrate on playing cricket and... Um, letting the crowd enjoy whatever they want to and leave politics on the side. Mm. And what the what cricket could do is uh, what you guys were talking about earlier on, make sure that the West Indies have some money out of the coffers of the ICC or the boards who run the game to keep this very exciting young West Indies side 
playing test cricket, not mm. just one-day cricket, T20 stuff. Yeah, spot on. Hee hee. What do you reckon went wrong with the Aussies, Kat? Um, I, well, I, th- I think there's a bit of life in that pitch. Pink ball, night time, difficult batting conditions. But you have a situation where a bloke just bowled well. Let's give him the credit. I don't think the Aussies did too much too wrong. They um, were just, you know, beaten by a better bowler who had a day out. Uh, Steve Smith played beautifully, but we weren't good enough. Um, simple, simple as that. But how good was it to see a fast bowler, a proper fast bowler again? Someone who can bowl at over 140 kilometres yeah. an hour and give the batsman a hurry up. We haven't seen that in Test cricket for ages. And when you see it, it's exciting. I mean, we've got Wood from England who can bowl at that pace. Um, our guys don't quite get it at that pace, but it's refreshing. It's exciting. Nurture these guys. T20 cricket is making everyone bowl medium pace. Love it, mate. Thanks so much for the call. Call again soon, why you? Uh, thank you, gentlemen. I'm enjoying... Um, Listening to the show, great job, and yeah. drive carefully, good... mate. <laughs> go and go, the mighty Maroon. Yeah, see you, boys. See you, buddy. Good on you. You're a great man. Great. So I've used him a couple of times for a couple of functions yeah. that I do, and the same thing. He'll drive from no matter where, no matter where, <laughs> because he hates not the, the worst fly. drive in the world either. City to Gold Coast. No, it's boring. Oh, I I it's a good it's, drive. I it's it is fine. a good drive. It's not that it. far now, is it? No. With all the highways. Yeah. the bi- Have they bypassed Coffs now, or is that still ongoing? Uh, yeah, they, I think they yeah, they've upgraded have... that freeway. I reckon Just that's Just up the... past Coffs towards Grafton. I think they've got a little bit to go. Oh, it might be wrong for us. I like it. I, and I, I, I get the whole, if the weather's not good. I've, I've experienced some horrible flights, yeah. and it scars you for life. Yeah. So if there's a chance of... The other thing is, well, I reckon... Pe- City to Gold Coast is different because it's it's a decent drive. But if, let's say Canberra, I, I'm always driving rather than flying to Canberra. By the time you go to the airport, check your luggage in, get your bag off at the other I'm end. The I'd rather take that three hour drive any day of yeah, the week. It's an so easy I'm, drive. I can do it from my house in less than three hours. Yeah, I don't mind. I'm, I'm taking. I don't mind the drive in the car, either on your own or with someone else. You're yeah. talking rubbish after time. Stop. I wouldn't be listening to you two, though, let me tell you. Who's usually in a private plane, please? Oh, give it a rest. Give it a rest. You know, No security straight through, you reckon? That's it. Mm, I wish. Anthony, morning. How are you? Good morning, boys. Listen, Loz and Pup, I want you to get to the bottom of this. Mm. Tell us. My hero is the Orange Golf Course Greenkeeper and his sprinkler system. Orange golf. Oh yes, Mido. What happened? Oh, oh yes, oh, we'd forgotten yeah, we about it. What's at the bottom of this? Yes. Pengilly and I are on the 18, <laughs> and Pengilly's mate. And there we are. You know, we and we've done. In fact, because it was getting late at night, we were like, let's just. We missed the last couple of holes, and we went straight to the 18th, and we did nearest to the pin. Mm-hmm. And we're up there. <laughs> I've been my best it. shot all day. We heard. Sprinkler comes on straight away. I'm about to line up my part. It's Did like the old happy puck? It's like the ninth green at nine trick. Seriously. Someone's set up. pulled it you on You set up. Ah, oh, set up. Did it's you get the part? disgraceful. Puck? Yeah, and I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> spewing. We Absolutely heard, uh, spewing. We did hear that Penn Gilly took the, took the cash as well. Yeah. Well, he wiped the floor with you. Yeah, but thank you, Anthony. This has got to be an investigation. <laughs> I forgot about that. So, yeah, I'd love My to hero. Oh, oh, dear. What a disgrace. Couldn't imagine you blowing up at all even with sprinklers turned on. Oh, we were hydrated by then. We were fine. <laughs> uh, what about your villain, mate? Oh, yeah. uh, well, 
I think I just listened to my villain. All these knuckle scrapers are outraged about everything. Mm. So I said, fat cat, pull your head in, honestly. <laughs> Another knuckle, knuckle scraper outraged about everything. Just let, you know, Evans are told their opinion. He was asked the question. He, wasn't, he, didn't, he, bring, he didn't bring it forward to Captain Pat. There's been a lot of talk. Like, we received it last week on the text line. I've had messages from mates of mine saying similar things as well. But as I said last week... I, I don't know. I don't know what Pat was meant to do. Like, I don't. I don't think you can say no comment. Like, mm. I just think times have changed. Like, I don't think mm. I was ever asked. I can't remember too often being, you know, involved in politics when I was captain of Australia. I don't, I, I don't remember a journo even taking me there. Do you know what I mean? So, in, in Pat's defence, was he meant to not answer it? That's a fair point. Too. And is he meant to not have an opinion? Like, I feel like... It's just such a divisive issue. I don't think politics and sports should be together. No. I, I think I see them very separate. Go and ask the Prime Minister. Mm. Don't ask the Australian career captain. But I think that's my point. Don't, uh, don't even ask him the question then, because if you don't care what he thinks or you don't care about his opinion, then don't ask him. You know, it's a... Yeah, anyway. Thank you, Anthony. We've got time for Dave. G'day, Dave. Oh, g'day, fellas. How are you going? Yeah, really well, thanks, mate. Who's your hero uh, villain? Mate, I agree with what everyone said, but I'm going to go to Darren Cale as my hero. Um, yep. Everywhere he shows up, he tends to make a difference. Yep, good call. Yeah. He's been um, and uh, mate, stalwart in coaching in tennis, no doubt about that. Lots of success. What about your villain? Yeah. Uh, look, the whole look, world cricket and the whole Australian cricket team doesn't sit well with me. Um, I hear about how good we are all the time, but we've won one of our last four test series. Um, we ain't that good. <laughs> Seriously. We've got players with unbelievably good records that our team underachieves for, for how good the team looks on paper. And um, maybe we don't treat things... Like, we've got the best number four in the world and we've got an Open who's, who's, who's averaged 60 in the last two Shield competitions and we decide to put the best number four in the world at opener and stick in a number four who's not in the best seven batsmen in the country. Are we serious? We declare when we're behind and time is not a factor. I reckon we'll pick this up tomorrow because I I don't necessarily disagree with you, Dave. I I think we're a good side. I don't think we're a great side. Mm. I don't think this current Australian side is a great side. It's not going to go down in history in twenty years' time. In in the when we talk about the great sides ever, no. Well, I, I, I think they've been. I, think I think they've been good. I, I think they've been a very very good side. Are we talking like last five years, or are we talking over the last twelve? Well, I guess, I guess Dave I mean, means... Dave just meant there, uh, said then the, the, the last four series. Yeah, and so he's it was right. India, England, Pakistan, yeah. and yeah. now... West uh, Indies. West drawn Indies. series. So you got two drawn series. Uh, yeah. Lost, to, lost India. to India. And we beat Pakistan. So, so we should. And we won the one-off World Test Championship yeah. final against India in England. Right. So, so do you, you think we're getting in? more carried away with winning... One day, one day, one day, day World Cup. T20 World Cup. Yeah. Did we win the T20 World Cup as well? Yep. So in, 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 in two T20 years, World but in, in, two, in two years, in two years, yeah. the three biggest, well, in the, in the last no, two years. we lost the T20 World Cup at home. Remember, we didn't qualify. We, we won the one before that in Dubai, I think it was. Then we hosted mm. one at home, which England won from memory. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, well, okay. So we've won a T20 World Cup. Yeah. That was the first time we've ever won that. We've won another one-day World Cup. We've retained the Ashes. Mm. We've won 
Test championship. And we can argue when the Ashes were on the back foot for most of the series. I know. I know. Yeah. Uh, well, again, this is the thing. If you, if we're saying we're not that good a team, we've done extremely well. No, we, we, if we're saying we're a great team, then we want to win every Dave, game we play. 100%. So Dave's just saying we're not as good as we're making out, yeah. and I don't disagree with you. Well, we'll find out. Well, again, I, I think I think I made it pretty clear how I felt. Uh, we prepared for India, which was always going to be a tough series over in India, and we got dusted there. Um, Ashes, is, you always, you, you, you are. Ashes is a big one that you're marked on. India and India you're marked on, and then World Cups you're marked on. So, and we do have an expectation that we don't lose in our own backyard. Yeah. Yeah. So, That's... yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm still too close to it, but I think, I think we've got a very strong team. I do. I really do. Yeah, compared to other nations. Yes. But when we're talking yes. and comparing to well, we're sides in the West past. West Indies in the 80s or Australia when we won yeah, 16 yeah, tests. Yeah. But I, I think it would be think silly to off, do that, though. Yeah, well, it, we it's always that. difficult to judge, yeah. isn't it? In, yeah. in like anything, in sport, like uh, not in sport, in, in rugby league, it's always difficult to judge eras. Because different rule changes, different players, different conditions, conditions all that. Mm. But I, I, I take his point, the last three series... We've only won the one. We jump quickly, though, here as well. Sorry to keep going no. on with it, Mid. I know you've got to get at something else. But I feel like we jump quick. Like last week, we were sitting here, Loz, and yeah. the messages were coming through. There was a question saying, yeah. is this the greatest attack we have oh, ever yes. had? And yeah. people were saying God, yes. But this, this, yeah. but this is my point, Mid. I feel like in this country, last week, that's our conversation. Yeah. Today, we're the most overrated yeah. team on the planet. Like, I just... Yeah. We, we are... We're the roller coaster. Australia is a roller. It's like highest of highs, lowest of lows. We cannot be in the middle. But it's always recency bias too. <laughs> you, you always think about the last thing you've seen. You know, the last performance. Yeah. So I, well, then West Indies are the best team in the world, followed by England. Yeah. But <laughs> you know what? I'm happy for the West Indies. So am I. So am I. Coming up on Radio Tab, Andrew Brown. Brownie, good morning. Yes, good morning. Got me this week. No dramas. That's good to hear. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to... Uh, but running at press room today, David Fowler taking a couple of weeks off. So we've got a, all the usual guests. We'll go across the uh, ditch as well, catch up all the way to see news in New Zealand. And just came back to that call a little while ago. CJ Graham, of course, rode the four winners, Sunshine Coast and Talia Fenlon. Of course, rode that other winner there for Chris Munts on Saturday at the Sunshine Coast. Big day as far as Queensland is concerned. We've got Curic review getting kicking it underway today. So all that will be discussed as well as all the other brace previews and plenty of other news, boys. Beautiful stuff. Thanks so much, mate. We'll catch you shortly. Uh, Brownie and the team on Radio Tab. We've got to give a winner out for heroes and villains. And thank you for all the calls and texts uh, throughout the morning. And uh, the winner is... I mean, I wanted to give it to someone who gave uh, Shamar Joseph as the hero, but I'm going to give it to Kane, who had uh, the best combo. Darren Cale, uh, the coach of Yannick Sinner, and uh, just been a stalwart uh, and su- successful tennis coach, Aussie tennis coach, for such a long time. And his villain was, well, Mitchell Stark. Well, the shot he played in the chase yesterday, uh, it was average, wasn't it, Starkey? Been you know, decent throughout the summer, but... Probably needed him to knuckle down there, pup, just for a bit. But anyway, think, well done, Kane. You've won the gift card. Dave Stanley's in the house. How are you? Morning, Mido. Morning, boys. Hey, how are you? Dave, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, good. Uh, looking forward to punters post-mortem. We've got uh, Chris Roots joining us. We're going to talk about all the, the racing from the weekend and keep building towards the big carnival, boys. Autumn will be here before we know it. So, yeah, looking forward to it. 
It's flying along, isn't it? Nearly February. It certainly is. Wow. We've got another Shinzo. Uh, Switzerland. Don't know. Very, very nice horse. But uh, did we see a slipper winner there on the weekend? I don't know. Look, we'll put it out to the listeners. Give us a call. 13.53.53. Get involved with the show. We're going to need a lot of your effort from the listeners today. Lots of calls. Beautiful. So after that long weekend, you know, that first yeah. day back, you just, you know, like the old Model T Ford, just winding in. It will be, we're on all cylinders tomorrow, but we're just winding <laughs> yeah. up this morning. A couple we're of sleepy. coffees. Yeah. So, yeah. We're ready to go, do you? Ready to go. Ready to go. Thank you, boys. Thank you.